I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Last week, I was wearing a pair of shoes that were savagely slicing into one of my toes, and I asked around the office to see if anyone had a plaster. A colleague opened her desk drawer and started to sift through a jumble of pens, pills, sachets of ketchup, a tennis ball, some batteries, a mug and an extraordinarily large number of plastic forks and spoons before she alighted on a slightly crumpled plaster with a leopard skin design and gave it to me. I've been writing about office life for almost two decades but have never given much thought to the tangle of history, habit and happenstance that occurs in a desk drawer. This, I now see, as a serious oversight. If a rummage through someone's bathroom cabinet can be revealing, a rummage through their office drawers is far more so. Take one of my colleagues. I've studied him for many years and have observed that he's great on detail, dispatches work promptly and has a generous way of taking tiresome tasks on himself rather than shunting them onto others. Had I only looked in his drawers, I could have short-circuited this discovery process. There I would have found, alongside regimented pens and paper knives, a neat sewing kit. Whenever a button goes missing, he swings into action himself and fixes it at once. A little further away sits someone who keeps a set of ear defenders designed for a rifle range which he uses to drown out the noise of other people. The message, which I've already picked up from working with him these past 25 years, he's bloody-minded and proud of it. It's not just the objects that are telling, it's the juxtaposition. So the drawer containing some leftover antibiotics, a painted seraglio fan, some wasabi and a speeding ticket from the Commune de Firenze tells a different story to another that houses 57 assorted pens, most of which no longer work, and a 1972 Rolodex with a Powerball gyroscope. More revealing still is whether the drawers are locked. As a non-locker, I rather look down on people who are always fiddling with keys. Do they trust colleagues so little they think they're going to steal their staples and dried up Pritt sticks? To further my inquiries and to save me from the dishonourable business of rifling through other people's drawers, I sent out an email to everyone at the FT last week inviting them to go through their drawers and report back on the oddest thing there. What they owned up to was quite surprising. A rubber duck. A peach feather boa. Some aquarium sealant. A 300 trillion Zimbabwe dollar note. A mouse of the animal variety a copy of Poetry of the Taliban, a yellowing copy of a grandmother's PhD thesis on English naval policy 1880-1885, a sticky and slightly smelly lump of tar sand, and a cute little survival kit issued by J.P. Morgan after 9-11 containing a heroically useless whistle and a paper mask. There were also some more controversial items. One male colleague admitted to five pairs of women's shoes in his drawer, 
another to having a whip, a third to a flicker book showing a gyrating agent provocateur underwear model. Most worryingly of all, one man had a section of rusty metal bar in a zip-up bag. However, all of these swore blue murder that they had no idea how such items came to be in their desks, and I believe them, sort of. You might notice that I've skillfully avoided revealing what is in my own desk drawers. I've just had a quick look, and the main thing that's in there seems to be alcohol. People keep giving it to me, and as you can no longer drink at work, it's been mounting up. There are also three chargers from phones I no longer own, and the box that my long-defunct first-ever BlackBerry came in. There are many obsolete tape recorders, and a lot of business cards from people I have no memory of ever having met, and hundreds of newspaper cuttings from before the internet made such yellowing scraps quite unnecessary. The only things of any possible value in my drawers are letters of compliment and complaint that I've preserved from the days when people still wrote them. My favourite, from the ex-boss of Marks and Spencer's Sir Richard Greenbury, goes like this. I found your comments unreasonably sarcastic, even for you. Otherwise, there's nothing that serves any purpose, yet I don't want to get rid of any of it. At home, I'm a draconian chucker-outer, but at work where change is so fast and so dehumanising, I'm clinging on. The contents of my drawers might be duff, but they're not going anywhere. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.